What up, y'all? Welcome to Queer Walk, the podcast, the insurgent bi-weekly audio syllabus created for and by queer women of color. I am Money, the melancholic mover. And I am Nikita the Small. Oh, finally. Oh, finally. Interesting. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's just drop the intro and get on into the episode. Love your chocolate demeanor and your cocoa kisses. I see your flow from a distance. Your vibe inside my submission. I give you all of me. Wanna make you proud of me. We see the God in all you do. Your light is harmony. Every type, darkest night, brightest light, I'm loving your soul They hate you, replace you, hate you, but know that you go Worldwide from every continent, I just want you to jig a little bit Move them hips, feel that bliss, hug your sister, make a fist Don't resist your temptation, you amazing, no limitation My favorite in this matrix, we move by your vibration And that's love, I hope you hear that on the daily Cause baby you love, I hope you hear that on the daily Cause baby you love I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby, you love, I love you. you love, hey. All right, Nikita, do you want to tell folks where they can find us? You're flipping, simple, <laughs> that, 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 it's your flipping, what, what did you type? What, you typed that in there. No, Nikita typed, it's your flipping, that, 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 that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Well, that's not where you can find us, but you can find us on Instagram and on Twitter, where our handle, it's the same, at QueerWalkPOD. And if you're an old fogey like myself and you're still languishing on the Book of Faces, you can find us on Facebook.com slash QueerWalkPOD. And you can find us on Pornless Tumblr, QueerWalk.com. And where can they listen? They can listen to us on Pocket Cast, CastBox, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and other major places where one can find podcasts except for Spotify. Yes. Money. Yeah. You and I are the hosts of this illustrious insurgent bi-weekly audio syllabus, but it's not it doesn't just depend on us. It depends on a community. That's right. So, how can people contribute to this illustrious insurgent queer walk community? Well, you can contribute to Queer Walk one of two ways. The first way is by giving us money. You can, you can do that. Uh, one-time donation at the Cash App, which is dollar sign Queer Walk Pod, P-O-D. Or if you would like to be a long-term uh, sustainer of Queer Walk, you can head over to the Patreon or the Patreon, however you Nobody's calling it, it Patreon, but Some okay. Some people. No, they're not. Um, and you can become a patron uh, to Queer Walk. You're Ryan. laughing because you sound ridiculous. <laughs> no, I just, you know, like the aunties, I like to give options for enunciation. Okay. All right. Um, and you can do that at patreon.com slash pod P-O-D. We have some suggestions there for how much or how little you can give us, but... You know, do what your pockets will allow. Mm-hmm. The second way, which is equally as important as giving us money, is by loving us out loud. You can do the R's. You can rate us, review us, request a topic, 
our uh, Queer Walk of the Week. Repost the episodes when we post them. Retweet us and reply. Let us know what you think of the episodes by using the hashtag QueerWOC or hashtag QueerWOCPOD to talk all things the podcast. That's right. And if you would like to send Nikita a personal message, you can hit us up at the Gmail, QueerWalkPod at gmail.com. That's where you can also send um, like questions for us to answer. Uh, your own Curve Chronicles, you can submit them at QueerWalkPod at gmail.com. Or if you would like to Zoom us out somewhere to oh, uh, yeah. be with you in digital space, yeah. QueerWalkPod at gmail.com. And money is just showing out. Obviously, if you send uh, an email, you will send it to the both of us. It doesn't just go to me. It does. Let's be honest about who checks the email. Yeah, but they would still be sending it to both of us. Okay. All right, Nikita, you want to move it on along to the Queer Walk of the Week segment? I hate the short version. What short version? Because I like to draw it out, and you have beat me into submission around this, so now I instinctively... Well, you are Nikita the Little. Yeah. All right. Uh, you gonna do the Queer Walk of the Week this week? Yes, I do, Money the Bully. <laughs> All right, so this week's Queer Walk of the Week is Saima Lee. So, who is Saima? So, Saima is a longtime uh, revolutionary uh, Afro-Indigenous hip-hop artist and organizer outside of, uh, they were doing organizing work in uh, the Baltimore and D.C. area. And like I said, uh, Saima is also a revolutionary rapper, so you should also check out this album that she has called Trap Liberation Army. So if if you love revolution and you love rap hip-hop tunes... Wow. Stay in your lane, Nikita. (laughs) Anyway, uh, you should check out Trap Liberation Army. And uh, this, I think this is so, uh, this is so funny because I've been wanting to uh, highlight Saima for a long time. Yeah. And Saima is also um, an anarchist. And I don't feel like, so it's like, you know, I feel mm. like we talk a lot about like socialism and anarch- uh, socialism and communism. But I think yeah. it's just so important to remember that like black folks have been involved in all sorts of um, radical traditions of which anarchism is one such uh, tradition. And so, um Saima has done a lot of work, uh, a lot of different things. So just for example, uh, I know a while back, uh, Saima was doing um, a fundraiser. And and I think that uh, the Maroon House actually met their goal. uh, But this is actually uh, really outrageous and ridiculous. So the the Maroon House, um, it's an anti-capitalist grassroots um, organization. And unfortunately, um, I don't remember exactly when, but unfortunately, the the Maroon House was raided um, by the police. Uh, people in the Maroon House were they were handcuffed, photographed. They were taken out uh, of the house. You know, people were searched for hours. You know, there were dogs sniffing around. Everything it was for really what. I don't even remember what the reason was, but we know most importantly, there, there, there's nev- there was right, no there's right. no justification for sabotaging, ruining, terrorizing uh, radical black like organizations, right? So I know that they were doing a lot of work to uh, make sure that the Maroon House um, was you know relocated, and I think that they did that successfully. And some of the things that they were doing, again, just fundraising uh, to make sure that they were meeting the needs of like working class folks, unemployed folks, 
you know, low income folks, houseless mm-hmm. folks, all the people, you know, who are uh, most oppressed <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in our society. And so I know one of the things that they were doing um, through the Food, Clothing, and Resistance Collective was like a Feed the People Fridays. And again, I think that that's so, that's important oh. because it meets the material right, needs right. of people. But of course, it's obviously like, you know, a hearkening and a throwback to like the Black Panther Party, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so um, they were doing a lot of uh, important things around like distributing food, shoes, socks, toiletries, and all that kind of stuff um, in Baltimore. And they were still, and it's so important because it's important to note that they were doing all of this after uh, the Maroon right. House got raided. Yeah. So it was like, they should not have had to um, deal with that. And that's like untenable and unconscionable, but it's like, you know, I feel like that speak to Saima's and like the folks that she's organizing with, like like how much they're invested in and committed to their mm-hmm. community. Because it's like who could have blamed them, like if they folded, right? Yeah. Um. So again, so check out the so you can follow uh, Saima on Twitter, where her handle is Saima Lee, um, RBG, and I'm pretty sure that the RBG stands for Red, Black, and Green, because also so Pan Africanist and Anarchist, mm-hmm. and then follow the Food, Clothing, and Resistance Collective at FCR Collective um, on Twitter, and also I feel like I talk about Jared Ball so much. Um, it's a good thing I'm a lesbian because if his wife ever heard how much I talked about him, <laughs> she would be um, a little bit alarmed, but. I actually first found out about Saima from um, one of the interviews that he did on um, his website. I mixed what I like. He was doing this series called Academics and Cars, and it's like a 40-minute interview um, with Saima. And I think one of the things I really appreciated about um, this interview is because like, because she's in hip-hop and because uh, not just she identifies as um, an anarchist, but like deeply influenced by like Pan-Africanism, something that I thought was really important about this interview was that they were talking about, like, I mean, I feel like, especially now when we think and talk about Pan-Africanism, mm-hmm. I, I think in like popular discourse, it's like fools, uh, I guess fool is ableist. I think it's like, just silly motherfuckers like Umar Johnson, people yeah. think that that's the end all be all of like Pan Africanism. It's like, mm-hmm. first of all, I think about like the old school revolutionaries who used to call like conservative black nationalism like pork chop nationalism. So I feel like mm-hmm. that's like pork chop Pan Africanism. And I say all that to say that one of the things I think is really important about this interview that Simon does with uh, Jared Ball is she talks about like what it means to be a queer person who's inspired, a black queer person who's mm-hmm. inspired by it and in the tradition of like pan-Africanism, right? Like the revolutionary kind, wow. not like the Umar Johnson kind of nonsense. Yeah. So that's when I first um, met and learned about, <laughs> virtually met, <laughs> Simon Lee through that interview. So you should definitely check out um, Can we put a Simon link to Lee. it yeah, in we'll put the description? A link, we'll put a link to that interview um, in, the, um, in the description. We'll put a link to the Maroon House and the Food, Clothing, and Resistance Collective. And we'll put a link to her album, like Trap Revolutionary, uh, was it Trap? Liberation Army? Army. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So be sure to uh, check out Simon Lee and go support her and all the amazing work that she's doing in the, uh, you know, the Baltimore, Northern Virginia, D.C. area. Yes. All right, Nikita, we're going to move it on along to the community contributors. Yeah. Wah, 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 wah. That's how I feel about your jingle. I, we, I don't 
have any answers okay. for you. I don't know what to do. You know, I don't have any answers either, so I shouldn't yeah. I shouldn't trash your efforts. Exactly, because it ain't like you, uh, generative uh, jingle maker over here. If you don't shut your alliterative ass up, <laughs> generative jingle maker. Anyway. All right. So, um, I'm going to shout out the new patrons. All righty. Uh, shout out to Peps. Oh, that sounds nasty. Raina. Ooh. Anya. Okay. Pamela. Hey, Pam. Pam, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, who the hell is Pamela? Oh, Pam. <laughs> Pam. I always forget. Uh, Megan. Hey. Lauren. And Clitty Cat. Oh! Oh! <laughs> Alrighty! Thank y'all so much for becoming new patrons. Especially thank you to Clitty Cat. Wow. Okay, Nikita. Okay. Keep the pussy in the pants. Mm, it's hard uh, to. And over on the Cash App, we want to shout out Jennifer and Elise who hit us off on thank the Cash you, Jennifer app. and Elise. We really appreciate that. Yes. That's so sweet. Made possible by y'all. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. And in our borders are fake shout outs. Um, and uh, so Borders of Fake Shoutouts is just where we like to highlight the places outside of the like major metropolitan areas that come up in our top, yeah, on um, SoundCloud, SoundCloud. yeah, stats. So I know Indianapolis is a huge city, I know they have not been in our top, but they've not never been in our top. So shout out to the NAP for coming through. Is that considered Midwest Indiana? I have no idea. Oh, yeah. You're the last person. Indiana is located. Yeah, it's Midwest, right? Because in my mind, it's like (laughs) New York, Chicago, Indiana. And I know that's not the geographic makeup. New York, Chicago. Potato, potato. (laughs) More, masomato, more or less. (laughs) Shout out to Somerville, South Kakalaki. That was cute. Okay. Come through, South Carolina. Yes. Somerville. Okay. We know the bills ain't never up to nothing good. Right. So shout out to y'all for listening. Uh-huh. And Port Wentworth, Georgia. Port Wentworth. Oh. That sounds really... <laughs> What's going on in Port Wentworth? <laughs> I should have let you say it. Okay, Esquire. <laughs> That's exactly... It's like, you know, a somebody, somebody the third in Port yeah. Wentworth. Trip IV the fourth. Right. Trip, right. Oh, <laughs> Old uh, enslaved inheritance ass. <laughs> Nevertheless, we thank you for listening to Queer Watch. Yeah, after we've just thoroughly trashed your little bougie city. They're going to be like, actually, Port Wentworth has been majority indigenous. <laughs> right, it's been majority indigenous and a majority black. <laughs> you geographically uh, ignorant. Uh, we, were, we were the only uncolonized right, city. For your information. <laughs> Right, so please school us if that is the case. (laughs) Okay, and just want to shout out, folks, for the new reviews, Dandelion Doodle and Jenny Paper. Thank you so much for giving us new reviews. And don't, I don't even know Dandelion Doodle or Jenny Paper, but I know I want to be just like them and leave a (laughs) review, and I think that you do too. How can they do that, Nikita? They can... Go to iTunes, if that is the place in which you listen to your podcast, leave a review, and that's so critical because it just bumps us up. Mm. You know, when people are like, wow, what is this five-star, illustrious, insurgent, bi-weekly audio celibate? <laughs> because there's so many of those. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right.
So thank y'all again for making Queer Walk possible. That's Community right. Community contributors. <laughs> oh, my scissor right. shit. On your scissor. All right. Are you going to intro my segment? Alrighty. Nikita just thinks she's the pretty face of this podcast. <laughs> and that, that she don't gotta do form, that is no a form of hard work. work. That is a form of work. It's, it's not hard. work. It's hard. It's hard to just sit up here and be cute and adorable and fun and flirty. During a pandemic. <laughs> if you, can't, if you can't be cute, fun, and flirty during a fucking pandemic, then when the hell can you do it? You just get on my nerves is all. Intro the segment. Alright. So we are moving on. Along to the crown jewel of Queer Rock the Podcast. And that is the mental moment with money. And you're like, pray tell, what on earth is the mental moment with money? Well, this, again, it's the crown jewel of the Queer Rock the Podcast where our resident, Dr. Money, I forgot about that. How do how do you forget? Well, I guess a lot has happened. <laughs> a lot has happened. A lot has. It was you know what that um, money's dissertation defense was so good that she sent the world <laughs> crumbling into crisis. This is your fault. Like the universe just could not tame the magnitude, the orders of magnitudes of brilliance of that dissertation, and so you just you just sent us into a clusterfuck. So thank you for that. Sure. Anyway, this is where Doctor Money, illustrious, esteemed with distinction, Doctor Money, regales us with some kind of insight, tidbit, or some kind of empirical wisdom from the broad-ranging field of mental health, and it's some kind of tool that you can use. To enhance yeah. your mental well-being. I always try. You don't just try. You do. Mm-mm. Um. Yeah. So today, I want to talk about music. Because um, I told y'all I was the melancholic mover. Um, not only am I moving soon, but the mood has been on zero lately. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, it's been rough. Over here in this queer walk corner of the universe with mm-hmm. uh, me, Dr. Money. So, uh, <laughs> no, um, they thought it was the other co host. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, and Nikita holding on by a thread herself. Don't let her fool you. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Way to out me. <laughs> it's what I live for. Um, so, yeah, so mostly I've been leaning really heavily on music these mm-hmm. days. And, um, so I just wanted to give y'all some of my album suggestions that have helped with melancholy these days. So music for melancholy. Oh, that's so cute. if folks don't know, that's just like a a perpetual, like down kind of mood. It's not, it's not like a deep ass depression, but it's just like, you don't feel like yourself. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. That's what melancholy is. All right. So, um... I just, so, you know, I wanted to root this first. So, you know, m- mood just has such an impact on our interpersonal relationships. Does so, it? Sometimes I feel like I'm just dragging Nikita down That's in this uh, abyss with me. Um, it's why I tend to isolate when I'm not feeling okay because I know, like, how much of a weight, like things like anxiety and depression can put on a relationship. Um, But music 
has been studied and proven to have impacts on our mood, our overall health, um, our growth and development. Music is that bitch, y'all. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, while Nikita is not, it seems like music is. Good <laughs> Nikita, to know. Good, Nikita. Good to know. I said, I was being very vulnerable on this mic, I, that I tend to isolate yeah. when I'm not feeling good. So... I cannot say that having loving friendship right now is helping because I, I feel really responsible. You She making faces, but I hope somebody out there understands what I mean. Like, I feel very much so like I'm ruining all these intimate friend moments because I don't feel okay right now. That is not true at all, but we'll talk about that later. Okay. Well, I still love you bunches. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> and Oh, my God. So let me tell you why I'm Nikita the Small. Because can you believe... This PhD person, this tall person, just pinched my cheek like I was a three-year-old. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm just sick of this shit because Monty, if I was seven inches taller, there's no way that she would do if, these. If things you to were me. seven inches taller, you would be five foot, and we wouldn't be having this conversation. Okay. You know what? Please, please get to this music. Please get to this music. The unmitigated goal. The unmitigated goal. <laughs> okay, y'all. So, a study published in the Journal of Affective Disorders, which, uh, oh, that that's journal. my shit. <laughs> okay, affective disorders are mood, mood. disorders. It's, yeah. Yeah, so all that kind of stuff. Um, so this is a journal dedicated to that. Why you be acting like I'm I'm too off on a nerdy tangent? Because, to- because nobody else says, oh, Journal of Affective Studies, it slaps. You know there's somebody out there that's yeah. like, we have a lot of social workers that listen to this podcast. Uh, the scum of the profession. Let's hope that they're listen- They're um, reading the <laughs> Journal of Affective Disorders. Um, okay, now that I'm done shading social workers. So there was a study published in there in um, 95, and I know 95 is like uh, mad dated, but this is the most widely cited re- oh, okay. uh, research project on... Um, the effects of music on mood. So, you know, you go to the source when you're trying to do some shit, right? Um, and it was by um, Boy Hughes et tal. I hope I pronounced um, her last name right because the, the study was uh, the shit, right? Fire. Yeah. Slap. It slapped. Uh, so they played sad songs for 24 people who didn't, who basically scored normal on like depression and anxiety mm-hmm. scales, right? So they took 24 people who don't struggle with any kind of mood shit wow. and played sad songs, like this sad song playlist it's for them. It's just another sad love. Song what? Like I binged um, Tony Braxton after wow. he dragged me. Yes. Just someone torn up being that. Wow, I feel so proud. I've never been more proud of you than I am. Uh, nailed it. Ooh, here comes the spring. of people's faces which is a really common like mm-hmm. um psychological test yeah okay. to the 24 people so they um so this like does this make sense like you come in you don't score nothing for a mood disorder yeah they play you these sad ass songs and then after this um 12 that's half y'all of the people so showed substantial differences in experienced depression after listening to sad music. Wow. 
they perceive more rejection from the from the neutral faces in the card stack, which mm-hmm. that just means like um like they might show somebody like your passport photo. Oh, okay. and these people are like, oh, they look mean. They look oh, like they. Oh wow. Yeah. Right. After so, listening to the after sad listening music, to the it. sad music, yeah. Um, and rated faces overall, these twelve people overall more sad or angry. Um, wow. Perceiving um, this sadness or anger as directed at them too, so not just that this person looks sad in the photo. You internalize, but that, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. After listening to a playlist for twenty four hours, um, so they also perceive less invitation and happiness in faces that they had before rated fine before listening to the sad music. Mm. So um, that's why this study is so widely cited because it's just like. Even in these, like, very short-term things, our mood is so drastically impacted yeah. by music. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so when I'm feeling like this, I don't want to listen to, like, sad shit, basically. Right, right, <laughs> it's right, like, right. reifies the feeling. Got it. Um, so I wanted to give y'all some uh, bops and some slaps, okay? Uh, the first one is the album They Say I'm Different by Betty Davis. Now, let me tell y'all something. You may have heard of this guy. He was, you know, like pretty good on the guitar. A lot, a lot of people might be familiar with him. Little dude named Jimi Hendrix. I'm, not, I mean, just, 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 you know, this little fella named Jimmy. No big deal. But of course, there's always a black woman, right, in the mix. Betty Davis. I, I think she is like the high priestess of rock music. Damn. And she she was such an influence on Jimi Hendrix's look and sound. Wow. And if you listen to this album, you'll see what I'm talking about. Okay. I'm going to have to listen to this. I'm going to just drop the mic on that one. First of all, Betty was a bad bitch. She had a song called Big Freak before Meg. Wow. She was talking about whipping, whipping dudes with turquoise chains. Not a turquoise chain. <laughs> and she got this uh, nasty song like... I know I shouldn't, but I'm a fuck them. And the background singers are like, she gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna do it. <laughs> oh my God, you were listening to that freak song in the kitchen the other day. And I was like, oh, what kind of freak yeah. song he from the 70s? Seven- freak. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, Betty, Betty's the shit. And this album art, I need this like blown up and on my wall. Oh, wow. I can't wait to see it. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, l- listen to this throwback album. They Say I'm Different, Betty Davis. I think a lot of our favorite girls today have her to thank for a lot of things. Okay. Okay. The second album is Chasing Summer by Sir. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you probably already know I've been on this for a while. But Sir is... He's like the quintessential new R&B vibe. Like, and... Ugh! It's just so good. There are some songs on that album, my gosh, that will have you in your feelings. Like, John Redcorn. I just be laying here crying. Alone. Every night alone. Why am I alone when I know that you are This is not helping for the... But but there are bangers on that. Right. Uh, okay, next album, because I just could, like, gush over all of these. So, I've I've been on this Baby Rose wave ever since I heard her on uh, Return of the... What is that album called with all of uh, Dreamville on it? 
Return of the Sinners, I think, something like that. So I heard her, she was like a featured on one of okay. the songs. I was like, oh my God, her voice is just so like different. Okay. She don't she don't sound like one of the nasally new girls. Right. Um, and so I am recommending her album to myself, Baby Rose. And if you don't want to just like jump into the album, I feel like people be having commitment stuff around albums. She has a tiny desk. You can check it out. And it is so cute because at the end, her dad yells, that's my daughter. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it God. is so, it's just the cutest thing ever. So, Baby Rose, check her out. I'm obsessed with her voice. Did you, is that who you had me listen to when we were at Chittenango? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I co-sign on this. Yeah. 10 out of 10 would recommend. All right. So, y'all know I've still been on my black girl skater wave. And if you want a little skate vibe. Somebody who makes skate skate vibe music okay. for like the nine nines in the two thousands. Okay. Cal Dion. Woo! That boy is bad. Okay. Not bad. You sound why you sound like a black auntie right now. I I love this song. Um uh oh damn I can't I think it's called Spend It. That's my favorite song on the album. You know that Michael play like the seventies. Yeah, it's, it's like a really good vibe to okay, it. Okay, okay. And the album Rise, you can just like play it through. Oh, I love it. I like love that. an album like that. Where you ain't got to touch the skip yes, button. Yes, yes. And the interludes are like perfect. Oh. It's not like these long drawn out skits. Yeah. It's perfect. Um, so Kyle Dion's album Sugar, I suggest the deluxe version because you get extra bops for your money. So. <laughs> wow. So sugar, you know we love a bargain. Over <laughs> yeah, yes. and these economic, difficultly economic, I can't even say it. It's, I mean, it's bad times. Bad times. <laughs> the world is fucked up. There we go. Um, and Kyle Dion's music definitely motivates me to get on my eight wheels. Okay. So, anything that motivates me to sit under the sun, I'm recommending. Last, but of course not least. Um, I know it's streaming on Spotify. I don't know where else you can find it. For a while, I only could listen to this because I had the CD. Um, because y'all know I'm a real hip hop, hip hop head. So, um, (laughs) I I be, I be on artists like that. But this is on, um, Spotify. So you can, uh, stream it on there. It's called Black Fantastic. And... A lot of people really liked uh, Beyonce's surprise song, Black Parade. Mm-hmm. I think if you like Black Parade, you gotta listen to Black, Black Fantastic. Fantastic. okay. Because they make Black uh, magical music, if you okay. can't tell from their name. That's so, not, yeah, that's, yeah. That was, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. All right. So the group is called Black Fantastic. The, album, the album is, is called Black, Black Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. So if you just type in Black Fantastic on Spotify, it should come up. Um, Spotify. That's like yes. you. You sound like them uh, people who be spelling America with three Ks. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Um, but there. Okay, there's just this one song on Black Fantastic. It's my favorite song, and I always listen to it and like get kind of emotional because it it will like really get you out of a place. But it goes, you ain't got to dig so far. Black diamonds in your heart. Soul made of gold. Eyes made with stars. Great is God that she made you rich. The greatest things you own, God gives. Mm. And it's just so cute. It reminds me of like that little moment in Crooklyn where the, the cousins are playing hand yeah, games. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, it's, and I could just like imagine little black babies singing that song. Oh my God. And I just get emotional. Okay. So I love it. 
check it out. Um, also support like independent artists. So, duh. But yeah, so those are my musical recommendations. If you've been in a mood like I've been in a mood. The first is Betty Davis. They say I'm different. The second is Chasing Summer by Sir. Um, I wonder if he knew about COVID when he named that album because we really was Chasing Summer. Mm. Like, hmm. Anyway, To Myself by Baby Rose. Sugar, the deluxe edition by Kyle Dion. And Black Fantastic by Black Fantastic. Ooh. I can't wait to get hip because, you know, well... You know I don't be listening to nothing current, so. And see how I spanned you generations you there did. to include you? I did. I yeah. appreciated that. If y'all check this out, let me let me know what y'all think about this music. Uh, use the hashtag QueerWLC, or you can just hit me up at Better Than Money. What was that about? Why they gotta hit you up personally to talk about music? Fine, you can hit me up on our joint account, Queer Walk Pod. No, I'm just saying if there's some special reason why people need to be hitting you up in an intimate way about Nikita, unless it's uh, Ari Lennox. Okay, uh, okay. I see, or, where, I see where this is going. I've had enough. <laughs> Let's move on, please. Lion Babe or Luther Vandross. Okay. You won't right. know the reference. I could know. Will I? Probably not. If somebody slid in your DMs and was like, oh my gosh, this new baby rose. I'd be like, I don't know anything about plants. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. <laughs> All right. Oh, sorry. Because I know how to intro a segment. Okay. <clears throat> ding, 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 ding. And now, our leftist lesbian luminary labor lecture from Nikita. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this segment of Queer Walk the Podcast is where Nikita, our local, I mean, phenom, just organizing phenom, whose political footprint is all over this city. You have to stop this. The, the, the woman who is, I can't say single-handedly, I can say, like, Cooperative handily changing the that's landscape a, of central New York. Okay. <laughs> the underappreciated okay. and overworked okay. bad bitch on the bullhorn, Nikita Alexander. Breaks down some kind of like social justice jargon or some political goings on that we need to know about as queer folks of color or just gives us the radical roots or the history behind how the fuck things got like this in the first place. Um, So this segment, if if mine is the crown jewel, this is the crown itself. Wow. Um, It really roots us. Wow. And gets to the roots of things. Okay. So... Without further ado, Nikita Alize with the word. Wow. You really hyped this up, man. Well, here we go. Um, so, I don't think, I don't really have anything too intense uh, to talk about this week, but I did just want to point folks to this Twitter thread from none other than Kianga Yamada Taylor. And for folks who don't know, Kianga is a longtime radical mm. and a professor 
uh, author. I think she just got a post at the the New Yorker where she's going to be a, a contributing writer there. Oh, wow. She wrote uh, from Black Lives Matter to Black Liberation, and then she also edited um, How We Get Free. How We Get Free, yeah. right? About the Conveyor River Collective. I think it was what the fortieth, fiftieth mm-hmm. anniversary of mm-hmm. that. So. Uh, like I've been doing a lot of uh, in you know in collaboration with others, a lot of organizing around uh, police here um, locally, and it used to, you know so it's something that's really like on my mind and on my brain a lot. And um, she had this thread that I thought was really really important, and I'm, I'll post a link to it um, in their Twitter. I mean, not in the Twitter or anything. I'll post a link to it in the show notes. And what I thought was, like, really um, interesting about this is that she's got this thread about just kind of, like, the demand around defunding the police, right? And mm-hmm. I, I think I talked about that on the last episode. You did. You put us on game. And so she was just... Um, so she, so a lot of people have been... There's a lot of... So it's like defunding the police is, like, a part... In a lot of ways, it's a part of, like, a broader like, abolitionist project of, like, the full abolition, not just of police, but just the whole apparatus, ideology, and institution of policing, right? And it's just gotten, while people have been working on these issues for decades, it's like now Mm -hmm. we see it in the limelight, right? So there's, like, a lot of liberals and a lot of um, conservatives who point to polls that say, look, a lot of people don't even support this demand, right? And And they try to say make the point that especially a lot of black people don't support the demand, right? And so Kianga has this really great thread trying to, like, really speak into that, right? And so, like, again, I don't want to go through the whole thing, but um, one of the things that she says is, like, um, and so a lot of people, are, and then so liberals and conservatives try to say, look, this is not even a, a demand with a lot of broad support. And then, like, on the left, there's, like, a lot of, like, people, you know, who are rightly saying, well, people don't support the demand for defund the police because the U.S. is so completely and utterly thoroughly racist. And it's like, yeah, of course that's true. Mm-hmm. But I think she's trying to, like, bring some, like, context to why there might, why there's not, like, broad support for this demand quite yet, right? And so she's saying, in the grand scheme of things, like, this is a, it's a new demand that most people, like, in the broader society, like, have not heard of. So mm-hmm. it's like two months ago, like, before, like, the national uprising, nobody, outside of, like, organizers who've been working on yeah, this a long yeah. time, mm-hmm. like, people didn't know about it. So, it's, it's a new idea. And she goes on to say, and like most new ideas, people need to think about it and understand its meaning before fully agreeing with it. Most of the, deme- most of the media discussion concerning defund has been reactive and in response to the right's mischaracterization of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And this next point is so important because, so... It's not just that the right has been, like, mischaracterizing it. Um, but she also makes this really, a, ne- a really critical point and says, you know, like, there's been little space for those who understand, defund, let alone abolitionist politics to clearly articulate mm. its meaning to a broad public. Right. Right? It's not like you're on Good Morning America. Exactly. And somebody's like, well. Back to you, abolitionists. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, but this point is also critical. So she says, there are even disputes among activists and organizers as to what we mean by the demand. So, so we have to create the political space to clarify our own ideas. And then, like I said in the opening, like a majority of black people um, do not support the demand. And it's so funny because the, our patron saint of organizing, uh, Miriam Kaba was on um, 
one of my favorite podcasts, uh, Delete Your Account. And so she was talking to one of the hosts, uh, Kumar, and he w- they were talking about this point. And so w- in one of the polls that she referenced um, in that interview, it said like 25, 27% of black people support the demand for like defund the police. And people tried to use that as some kind of trump card to be like, look, this is a, d- mm-hmm. a demand with not a lot of support. And like she's like cackling in the interview because she was like, she's like twenty seven percent is a lot mm. considering that this is a relatively new thing on people's radar. Yeah, yeah. And she was like twenty seven percent in comparison to like how many people would have supported the demand yeah. a year ago, yeah. five years yeah. ago. So it's like yeah, that's almost a third of like black people. Right, so she was right. like, I reframe it as thinking it's almost a third of black people that support the demand. Right, right, right. We're like a few years ago, people were were like on like reform basically like body cams and oh my god just just a side note and a tangent because that point is so important and I, I think when i talked about defund the police i mentioned this last time but it's I, something i think about here in syracuse so much because in like the past six years that i've been doing this work like i remember you could not go to a protest around police brutality in this city without every time you talked about police brutality it would never you it would never fail that somebody would end up talking about, okay, yeah, police brutality is bad, but we got to deal with black on black violence, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Never, of course, never mind the fact that most harm and violence is intercommunal because it's like we're crime is happening. It's it's about proximity, right? right? And right. we live in a deeply segregated society, right? And so there's that, and then there was also um, the issue around. People, uh, one of the demands was we need to have more people from the community to be on the police force, right? Or that we need to have more, like, black and brown people yeah. on the police force, mm-hmm. right? And I remember in Syracuse, you couldn't talk about anything without the police. Again, because people were always talking about, like, um, gun violence or, like, intercommunal violence. Like, anytime you talked about police brutality, one of the demands was, well, we need more police surveillance in the community. Mm-hmm. And so, like, five or six years ago, again, you could not go to a protest, you could not go to a, a meeting where that was the tone and tenor of the the organizing. Mm-hmm. Or, or, like, the, or the, excuse me, the tone and the tenor of the conversation. Fast forward, not, and it's not just because of the national conversation, but it's, like, there's two things. There's also, like, the thing that's so important and powerful about movement is that, like, movements and organizing, it's, like, one of the things I think about a lot, and I think that what I, I really appreciated about um, this thread, that the thing that I get, that I think that this thread gets at, is that so often, I think that, and I also feel like this is a, a, a hangover from the academy, in the sense that I think that people think uh, unless you come, you can only come to the movement, you can only come to organizing if you are already a self-identified radical, revolutionary, mm-hmm. some kind of feminist, pan-Africanist, anarchist, socialist. It's like, if, it's like you study the text and then you're prepared yeah, for the yeah. movement. But it is actually through the course, like, it is through the course of experience right. in the movement exactly. where your ideas actually change. Change, yep. And so what I, what I say, to what I mean by that is, so people, there was like a demand from some parts of their community in Syracuse to have more police cameras. Right, more police surveillance, mm-hmm. and it's like 
but and of course like that's not going to do anything to stop police brutality mm-hmm. but it also hasn't done anything to stop like the intercommunal Crime. harm and yeah. intercommunal violence and so it's through that where people are like okay wait a minute maybe we have to, like that is one that's a part of the piece where it's like yeah. hmm yeah. Like, it's that experience that also leads people, that pushes people to, to more else. radical yep. demands. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? And so then you have, like, this, like, explosive moment, right? A national uprising. So just, like, five years later, five, six years later, one of the demands, because uh, I'm organizing and the organization I'm part of is a part of this broader coalition here in Syracuse, like, the People's Agenda for Policing, where nobody's calling for police uh, surveillance cameras, but it's also like community, like one of the demands is like police, uh, community, excuse me, control and oversight over like technology like the police has. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like maybe in the grand scheme of things, it's not like, you know, like a completely and utterly radical demand, but I think that marks a shift just even here locally. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ab- around, like, just even how people think about, like, technology. Mm-hmm. I think about how nobody, and people, and there are people who are a part of the co- coalition who at one point, years past, might have been calling for um, diverse, quote-unquote, diverse representation on the police force, mm-hmm. and now that's, that's not a part of the demand right. at all. Yeah. Right? Now it's defund the police. Right? right. It's about mm-hmm. saying that the Citizens Review Board, the Community Review Board, should be able to High, you know, have disciplinary power yeah. over the police, right. and it's like, again, just in a matter of five to six five, yeah, years, yeah. Mm-hmm. like the conversation locally has like dramatically shifted, and not just in the broader community, but I think it's really imperative to say, like, amongst people who are like now, like who are who are and have been organizing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so I guess I've been thinking the thing I love so much about um, what. Kianga, one of the another thing that Kianga gets at in this thread is that like this is a moment that requires both urgency and patience, right? Mm. So it's not so it's like we have to something that I think is really important is that you know within reason we have to think about it's important that we like patiently argue our points to like people like who we disagree with. And now every time I say that again, I'm not saying that like you have a patient argument with like a KKK member or yeah. a white supremacist or a fascist or something like something like that. But another example I always give um, about this community that we live in, where it's like every time uh, we talk about like, anytime the conversation would go to black on black violence, the minute you would start talking about the roots of why like mm-hmm. crime and gun violence is happening, people would be like, oh yeah, it's also, it's not disconnected from the fact that we live in one of the most segregated cities, um, in the most impoverished cities in the country. And yeah. it's like, let's get at the root causes of that. And anytime you would bring that up in a conversation in the community, people would be like, that's, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. And so it's not like, so I, you don't go into a room and be like, oh, listen to all these backwards people yeah. calling, yeah. you know, talking about black on black violence. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I feel like one of the things about being a good organizer is always trying to be strategic and to figure out like, who are your actual, like, who are the people that, who are like, who have contradictory ideas that can be pushed and that can be shifted. Yes, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's really one of the things that I appreciated so much um, about this thread is that it's just getting... Because something I don't think that we often think about is how do we get from point A to point B? And again, I think it's because of a hangover 
from the academy and i think because of like social media i think people think if you're just like screaming at people and telling them um that they're not smart and that they have a bad analysis that's how you win people over and that's not actually how you do it Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know what i mean Mm -hmm. and something that i think is critical that i think that we you know something i think i've talked about on the show before is like it's like, what is your theory of change? How do we get from point A to point B? And one of the threads, and so this thread made me think about one of my favorite books. I think I referenced it when I was talking about the Amazon strike. Amazon, yeah, the Amazon workers um, strike, as particularly like in um, Minnesota. But one of my favorite books, it's a very quick and easy read, and it's called No Shortcuts. No Shortcuts by Jane McAlevey. And so... It's about labor organizing, but I think for it's I think it's in a it's a critical and crucial read for anybody who's who does any kind of organizing or anybody who's like interested in organizing. Because one of the things that Jane McAlevey talks about in this book, like in the introduction, so what's critical is that she's talking about it's kind of like a like a loving kind of like finger wag at like um, people who are organizing. So she lays out the difference between like mobilizing and organizing. And again, mm-hmm. mobilizing is like you can get millions of people out yeah. into the street like on a Friday, but like what happens on Saturday and the, right, the month right. after and the years after. Mm-hmm. Whereas organizing is like really developing um, like developing new leaders, right? So it's not just about like you mobilize people, like you mobilize for like an election, right? And yeah. it's like, you get you go out you vote on November fourth and then you elect and you vote for somebody who's gonna do something on your behalf, mm-hmm. right? Whereas the difference is in organizing is that it's like I'm not gonna like outsource my power to somebody else. It's like me in concert with others are going to build up enough power so we are the ones who are setting like the terms of the debate and setting the agenda mm-hmm. and making mm-hmm. like reaching the outcomes that we want. Mm-hmm. And so why does this matter? Because something that that is so key about this book is that because again she's talking about labor organizing and so she's talking about like how do you win super majorities like in a workplace so it's not just enough Mm -hmm. to get like 10 percent 20 percent so she's like how um like if you're if you're but if you're organizing in a workplace and you want like your coworkers to go on strike she's like you need to be bold and like how do you make sure that you get 90 95 99% of the mm. workers in a particular like workplace to go on strike mm-hmm. and why is that important it's important because i think that it fundamentally like tra- it fundamentally requires a level of like just a different attitude to people that you're trying to reach you know what I mean? Yes. Because yeah. it's like, I think that we often approach. So I feel like what happens with radicals is that, and I've seen it with like the like abolitionist politics and like defund the police. And I, I think that the impulse, I think oftentimes come from a right place. I think that sometimes like on the radical left, I think that we get afraid when our ideas are mainstreamed. And we the first thing that we always think about and talk about is our ideas being co-opted. Yeah. And I think that we get used to our ideas to our ideas being very niche. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. it's like we don't actually want our ideas to be niche. It's yeah. like, we're, we're, we're not... We want we're, everybody to be... Exactly. Yeah. We, we want mm-hmm. large majorities yes. of the people yeah. to be on board. And it's this like, is, we want yeah. large majorities of people on board because that's... Mm-hmm. Because mass numbers of people from our side is what it requires that's to actually exactly, win. Exactly. You know that's what I mean? That's what I be thinking when people be like, 
Beyonce is co-opting protests. I'm like, no, she's put, she's like making the revolution irresistible. Irresistible. Yeah. Oh my God. It's like, she's the, she's the, the biggest pop star in this country. I would argue in the world. Right. And, and like, she's talking about like making picket signs out of picket fences. Exactly. Like that's, that's what we need. <laughs> like, And it's like, um, and it's like when celebrities, I feel like in a lot of ways, celebrities are also like politicians mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. sense of they're always behind. So it's like it's 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 saying something about a moment. A moment is so big and so like earth shattering that even Beyonce knows that yeah. she has to like say something about it. Yeah. It's, again, it's like the same way as a politician. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so anyway, going back to like the idea of uh, like Jane McAleese's book and like super majorities, it's like, it's like, I think we have to get out of this country club approach to like politics. Ooh. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah. these are my little secret ideas. I want to hang on to them. And if you're not a my click, then it's like, yeah, no, it's yeah. like, and, and so what I say is that wh- what I mean when I say is like, you, you're going to approach people fundamentally differently. Is that you're like, you're going to be approaching people. If you're, if you're trying to get 90% of people, um, on board, right. Then it means like, right. like, it means you're, you're not going to be cussing people right, out. Right, Like, mm-hmm. on the internet, talking mm-hmm. reckless to people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it means that you're actually going to be having to have real, meaningful conversations where you're actually trying to understand what it is um, that somebody is saying. Like, actually mm-hmm. hear what it is that they're mm-hmm. saying, mm-hmm. not whatever trope you think that they're saying. And being, being prepared to meaningfully respond to that person in order to um, get them to do something. Right. Right? Because mm-hmm. I feel like that's also critical. It's like... You know, again, social media is important, but it's like at the end of the day, we don't just want people to be like, I agree with that analysis, but it's like, you want that person to be like, not only do I agree with that analysis, but I feel so compelled and moved to actually join right. what it is that right. you are doing. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so again, again, it's, it's not approaching mm-hmm. people like, mm-hmm. well, you don't have the right, you don't remember what bell hooks said on page, yeah. whatever. So you're not going to be allowed <laughs> in this club. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. that's not what like organizing yeah, yeah. about. And so I feel like the, so when I think about Kianga's thread and I think about Jane McAleve's book, it's like the question that we need to be asking ourselves is how do we move that 27% being in support of defund the police to a 60%, yeah. to a 70%, yeah. to an 80%. It also means a being in like right relationship with your community. Ooh, say that like, again. Say that again. It just means being in right relationship with your community. What do you mean like, by that? Like, um, uh, like when, when you get the urge to throw somebody away, yes. like you really have to think about how, yeah, how meaningful we are to each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's it. And it's like, and, and, and again, it's like, because I think that the, the common response to that is like when, you know, people rightfully think about like, um, like what do we do about people like you know, who commit harm. And I think first and foremost, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, I think that's for another episode, but I think we yeah. have to understand behaviors as on a spectrum. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And so it was like, who are people who are like fucking up, but trying to do something different? Better. Yeah. Right. Um, like, like one of my yeah. favorite examples, like from an organizing experience is that there is, um, so we were working with, um, a survivor of like police violence, um, in the city. And she said something, uh, transphobic in a meeting. And nobody, like, cussed her out. And it was like, you know, get your transphobic ass out of here. 
<laughs> one of one of our comrades, it was it was so smooth how they did it. They just lovingly were like, uh, and they were like, oh, like just in the future, like that's, um, like that's just not how we refer to trans trans people. Mm-hmm. And and that black woman was like, you know, she was like, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she was I, and she was yeah. just like. Oh, mm-hmm. she was just like, oh shit, my bad. I didn't know that. Yep. And, then, and we moved it right along. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I'm thinking about like, um, I know like there's a lot of talk around accountability processes right now. Oof. And uh, like, like I saw someone in tears who was being held accountable for like um, being friends with like an abuser. And they were like, I did not know that this was abuse. Right. Like, right. I, I thought it was like, y'all got a fucked up relationship. And of course, I said to my friend, this, your shit is, is, is right. messy. Right. But I did not know that this was ab- abuse. Right. And I think about that, like, the more the more I read about things, like studying for my, my yeah. exam and stuff, I was like, what like you know it's like you don't know something until you know until you know it and so and so i i mean i don't know i think we can't keep recreating like you know um you're found guilty of something even if even if you didn't know you were breaking a law like we can't keep recreating those systems within like our spaces as well right like like police abolition is also about like abolishing the policing system within Within ourselves absolutely yeah so it's like who who has space to grow? Like I think this person who is in tears, not knowing that something is yeah. abuse, is a person that needs to be in community, yeah, not yeah. like excommunicated right. from community. Exactly, exactly. And and like you said, harm is on a spectrum. So right. like the I didn't know harm right. is is a lot different than the like I think people think about befriending abusers as like as like all the ain't shit people who just sit there and watch somebody like watch watch right. abuse happening exactly, you know like exactly. and i'm like well it's a spectrum right but um yeah. and so and again it's not it's not like allowing or excusing like particularly egregious exactly um, fucked up behavior and just uh and just a side note it's like and i also think that like that's what being in community um is about it's like coming up with like like coming up with new norms and principles mm-hmm. around what is like okay and not, not you yeah, know what i'm saying but yeah. but like you said it's like we can only do that if we are actually like in community mm-hmm. um with one another and so um i don't remember what i was gonna say but just i don't want to get into too many of the de- like too many of the examples of the the book um but just i just again i just i love just thinking about like this shit in numbers because it, it is a real issue right mm-hmm. it is like a real mm-hmm. number and i think it when i think about numbers i it really for me it changes the sense of scale like so in this book she gives example like one of my favorite chapters from no shortcuts is like this chapter around like poultry workers like the smithsfield uh poultry workers in north carolina it was like five thousand workers in this plant and it was like a lot of them were uh latino uh i think a lot of them were undocumented immigrants and a lot of them uh, were black folks and of course, the employer tried to like pit them against, against one another, each other, yeah. right? But then they were like, and I think there was like huge swaths, like over, like overwhelmed. I don't remember what the percentage was, but it was like an overwhelming number of workers um, in that plant decided to like, like union to like unionize, yeah. right? And so yeah. it's like, and this I think this, this is actually like a crucial example because it's like, 
a lot, I remember one of the things that they talked about, I think she talked about in this book, is that, like, a lot of the black workers, probably, like, a number of the black workers had, like, xenophobic, anti-immigrant mm-hmm. ideas. And, like, and then I'm sure, like, vice versa. I'm sure, like, yeah. the Latino immigrants um, had fucked up anti-black views. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it was, like, I'm sure they had to figure out ways to collectively overcome, like, these oppressive, racist, xenophobic, chauvinist ideas. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, again, it's, like, it, it's not in a place of, like, 5,000 workers. It's, like, it can't, it couldn't have just been a clique of, like, 100 workers yeah, yeah. to be, like, well, we're the radical ones who have the best analyses of the intersections of anti-black <laughs> racism and like, like the like the criminal, um, like immigration system. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. do it all by ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's like it actually, I'm sure it actually took real work yeah. for them to like win one or win one another over, like to each other's mm-hmm. struggles, mm-hmm. so they could be, so they I could like win the in their broader, that. so they could win in their broader right. collective interest. We're trying to win each other over to our struggles. Yeah, right, exactly, right, and yeah. so. Yeah, I don't know. So I, I guess it's like that's just something I always like think about. Like I think about mm-hmm. like the fact that we live in like a city of Syracuse of one hundred and forty some mm-hmm. thousand. So it's mm-hmm. like, what does it mean to have like how do we get like five thousand yeah. um, people, ten thousand people in the city to mm-hmm. be like, you know what? Yeah. I, I think that the police <laughs> yeah. need to be defunded. Need to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so like, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. like critical large numbers yeah. of people. Yeah, to do that. And again, I just think it. I just think it just it just really shifts us into like this place of humility mm-hmm. to be like, these are all the people that we need to like win. It's, it, it just can't be me and my radical clique. Yeah. Like this, that's, it's not enough of us. There's not enough will or determination on our part mm-hmm. you know, to make a meaningful like intervention yeah. and transform. No, no one magical panel with the same people that have been paneling exactly. for the past 20 years. Exactly. It's going to bring. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So I just, I just, that's just been on my mind and I wanted to bump my gums about that. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like this is defund the police part. Duh. Part duh. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's cool. We that's cool. Yeah. Um, and it, it just also made me think like, yeah, 27% is almost a third. It's almost a third. And then it's like, if so, so if, if one in three black people are like defund the defund police, them like, yeah. <laughs> like how, how that can so easily swell. To like fifty percent, sixty percent, exactly. Um, yeah, and especially when you start to make the connections to um, like poverty, exactly. Like, at this this moment, like I just think about what a general strike would do until oh. police are defunded. Yeah. Like right now, yeah. when people are struggling, yeah, absolutely. If teachers refuse to return to schools in ooh, the fall, ooh, that's like, oh my god. And oh, sorry, oh my god, sorry, Monty. I don't know why you said that. We're gonna be here all night. <laughs> I've been thinking about it in my room, you because, know, sitting up in my okay, room. Okay, Brandy. Uh, that is <laughs> trying to teach a strike with you. <laughs> uh, okay, you, you trying to steal my jingle shine. But just the, the, the thing that I wanted to say, because you know I just, I'd be giddy on this labor stuff. It's like, and I think that the te- I feel like teachers could do that because over, because like over like the last like three to five years, we've seen yeah. these teacher strikes. Yeah. Like actually major win. Major win. Yeah. And actually yeah. that's another good example from No Shortcuts. She mm-hmm. oh my God, that's that's my second favorite chapter in this book. Where she does a phenomenal job laying out like the twenty year history of what made the Chicago Teachers Union so fucking powerful. Yes. It was and that's one of those unions. Yeah. This those teachers unions that really could exercise a lot of leverage. So a lot of built up leverage that they've won over 
over the past three to five years. So it's not because because one of my main problems with the with the call for when people just say like general strike yeah is like um, like you actually again going back to my overall point it's like you actually have to build up exactly organizers yeah do you know what I'm yes, saying yes because it's like you have to build yeah. up trust yes. and relationships. Yes. Yeah. And rank and file leadership mm-hmm. so that people are like, I am willing to yes. like not go to work. Yes. Um, amongst across industries, because yes. that's what a general strike is. Yeah, it's like yeah. people across industries. So yeah. it's like, I, but I do feel like the teachers are in like a critical um, spot, and I feel like they have enough leverage to to like, do it. To do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's all I'm gonna say about that. Because yeah. again, we could be here until yeah, old dark thirty, as my mama would say. <laughs> not old dark thirty. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to take that one, Miss Lisa. <laughs> I was just laughing because it's like Nikita. You know how people call people Bible thumpers. Nikita is a no shortcut thumper because oh, she yeah. she over here hitting this book like. <laughs> and then and then chapter three. <laughs> and and she don't say we gonna take the shortcuts. I said Jane McAlee was saying no shortcuts. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. She's like we not. We not gonna go around. We going right through. <laughs> That's what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> All right, Nikita. We're gonna move along to the topic segment. What is the mm. topic segment? It's just the segment where we talk about. It's stuff basically that... so if Queer Rock of the Week is a crown jewel. If um, I'm not, I'm not gonna say that the leftist luminary, leftist lesbian luminary lecture is the crown because that's too much but if those are those then the topic is certainly the compost bin it's the compost it's bin. the trash who I, are we even kidding? i love calling it the compost it's bin the, compost the bin. queer potpourri segment yeah it's just like what it's where the shit that we talk about here don't fit in any of the other segments exactly um queer potpourri so uh i want to give us some context for this topic you're not about to do this I'm holding my hands in the way that, you know, people... Who give TED Talks give, to? Yes, who give context to things. <laughs> that, you know, that, that wide-fingered... Yeah, it looks hold. like she's about to grip on an ass, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or I was thinking Palmer basketball because WNBA season is wow. back. But, you know, whatever. So, I, I, don't, I don't know if you can tell <laughs> by our tweets and uh, just the, the conversation... But money moved out of her place, so we're uh, oh, yeah. COVID roomies. We're COVID roomies. I yeah. walk into the living room the other day. Money is just giddy, just cheesing on the chair. I'm like, bitch, what are you so happy about? <laughs> and she's like, it's the opening of the, N- <laughs> the WNBA. I was like, I forgot what a raging stereotype of a dyke you she are. She said I was, I don't think that's a stereotype. Lesbians and basketball? Okay. Okay. Black lesbians. She was just so giddy. And I I was like, what is going on? Y'all, Britney Sykes blocked the shit out of Britney Griner. Like, get it out of here! (laughs) And and I just need y'all to know that that was like some kind of lesbian fantasy for me because both of them could get the cookies on any occasion. But... I just love, okay, so Brittany Griner has a wingspan of 7'2", and Brittany, wow. Brittany Sykes is 5'9", and she blocked that shot. Like, oh, come Brittany, on, Brittany, come on! Oh, Brittany Sykes blocked Brittany Griner's shot? Yes! Oh, that's huge. Okay, I get it. I didn't, see, I didn't have any of this context, so I was like, oh, that sounds amazing. I was like, oh, that's so wonderful. <laughs> Nikki was like, oh, your friends are playing. Right. <laughs> I was like, that's so cute. <laughs> Your their little four-square game. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. That no, y'all. Sense, I man. just 
I've, I've, I've missed basketball. Okay. And, whew. Is it warm in here? Yeah, I, anyway. I think it's those loins. <laughs> anyway, y'all. So, um, me and Nikita are cohabitating through COVID. Mm-hmm. And, um... I've been forcing her to watch a lot of stuff. A lot of bad stuff. I have not. It's made been you... good. Exactly. It's, it gets it, it sucks me in. I'll say that. So this is what I always do to Nikita. I'll like she makes fun of my watching habits, mm-hmm. and then I'll say just one episode, and then five hours later, <laughs> six hours later, she's screaming. I'm at the invested. TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's going to have a WNBA team by the end of the season. I'm telling you. I don't think so. Um, so, <laughs> so one of these shows was Alone. Oh, my God. And I don't know if y'all have watched Alone. Probably not. Um, I, I get it's kind of outside of the Q-pop. I was about uh, to say, tier, it but, really is. So, basically, Alone is they drop 10 survivalists in, like, this random place remote, in the world. Yeah. Really remote. Um, uninhabited by humans. Um, and the last person who doesn't tap out or be medically pulled from this situation wins half a million dollars. Yeah. It's just as ridiculous as it sounds. Yep. And it's also just as white as it sounds. Absolutely. Um, and so, <laughs> so I've been watching this show, learning all kinds of survivalist skills, reading Parable of the Sowers. We, Cause I'm trying to, I'm trying to be ready. Okay. We, so we went for a walk. Um, that day that I forced money to accidentally walk four miles. That's a topic for another day. Anyway, so we're at this lake. And money is like, I bet there's um, lake trout. What did you say? I don't remember. Some, what kind of trout? Reference. It's a lake trout. So money was like, I bet there's lake trout in that lake. And I was like, <laughs> actually, what in the fuck do you know about any kind of lake trout? I know a lot about trout. And so now she knows a lot about four seasons. all these different kinds of fish and all yes. the, and like these weird, and all these berries and we, plants. We got to get a gill net if we're oh. going to survive. <laughs> anyway. We need a gill net. She knows all this shit <laughs> because she's been watching this wild ass show. Yes. See, but the thing is, she thanks me for the skills that I acquire through viewing. You've been watching. You you don't even know if you have the skills yet. You ain't put them to use. Because last year, I was on Doomsday Preppers Hard. Yeah. Well, and... Okay, that proved... Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Guess guess who didn't have to uh, be bothered by the toilet paper shortage? Yeah, fair enough. This Doomsday Prepper. Okay. Stocked up like a Doomsday Prepper. All right. (laughs) Anyway. And I know a lot about edible plants now. Yeah. I would have to say that your kitchen is looking very different now that I'm here. Yeah. It's like a greenhouse. Exactly. It's more like a, you know a, why? A, a morgue before she was here. <laughs> we're we're going to have to know these things. This is true. This is true. This is, this is what kept me. I thought the show was ridiculous, but then this is what kept me interested. Because I was like, I need to know this shit. Like, who knew that reindeer moss could be used as toilet tissue or also soup? Certainly not. Like, you don't that's wipe your ass same. and then cook it because that's not what we need. No. <laughs> but, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So, I I thought, I, I, I make Nikita watch all these ridiculous reality shows. What reality TV show or, like, competition would you create if you could? Oh, I forgot to say, I also forced her to watch Supermarket Suite. Well, which, you didn't force me to watch that. That was a staple growing it was, up. It was, yeah. right? Good little throwback. Supermarket sweeps. Oh, 
Love that. Yeah. I love how the host got the same outfit in every color. Yeah, basically. <laughs> that, little, that little silly ass button up, them slacks and that tie. Yeah. He's so shady. He is. He's like, good for you. Right. <laughs> That's his shade. And they'd be like, he'd be like, oh yeah, you're a college student, so and so. And they'd be like, oh, my degree is such and so. He'd be like, well, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> and he's like, damn, Dave, let up a little. <laughs> let up a little. <laughs> Okay, so have you thought about this? Like, what's a reality TV show or, like, a competition that you would create if you could? You go first. Ooh, so I actually thought about this after we watched The Big Flower Fight. Oh, my fucking Um, God. I thoroughly enjoyed that show. (laughs) Oh, my God. See? That was good. You like everything I put you on to. Whatever. So I would like to see... A, a black style competition. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, but explain it, explain it to the listeners. Okay. So, I think a key thing that happens in these, like, uh, design shows, like, I've, I've watched interior design competitions, fashion design competitions, and now flower design. I think black people continuously get shortchanged in these competitions because... The judges and these quote-unquote experts just don't understand black style. Black aesthetics. Yeah. 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 And so it's, I, like, it's like, we're like, we love like color. We love things that pop. Pop, and yes. That's just, Prince. Yeah. yeah. Like, all of it. Like, everything. Like, the over-the-top, the gaudy, the yeah, everything. Yeah. The, the way we incorporate, like, street style and, like, usability into things. Like, I just think it... Black people across the style board on these competition shows are just, like, so misunderstood and, yeah. like, get eliminated when they should definitely be gone yeah. further. Yeah, Um, For these little, like, silly-ass white designers. Um, So, I want a black style competition. I don't care if it's, like, um... I mean, knowing black people, since we have to do everything, like, <laughs> it, pro- it could be all of them. Interior design, fashion, yeah. and flowers. All of it. Yeah, like right. a holistic stylist. Shit, and then a bonus episode with a cooking yeah. situation. <laughs> exactly. Because I was thinking about a panel of, like, black style experts, yeah. but not the people that, like, you would think. Right, of you know? course. Right, yeah. right. Like, um, I want to see Nao, the, like, plus-size uh, IG influencer. Uh-huh, I uh-huh. want her as one of the um, right. style experts. Right. I thought about this for a long time after I watched that trash ass movie that she was in, but Slick Woods. I don't even know who that is. Nikita, you don't know who Slick Woods is? I've never heard of this person. Okay. Um, well, we'll just have to talk about Slick Woods at nauseum when we turn the mic off. Okay. But um I think Slick Woods is one of the most recognizable models of our era. Wow. And I'm gonna say era again. But um <laughs> Which is why yeah. I wouldn't know who she was. Because <laughs> yeah, Nikita okay. was like, she was born in what? 90 who? I just thought, I'm like, 96? No wonder I don't know that guy. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Um, like, her as one of the um, panel experts. I was thinking about um, the homie T in Toronto. Right. Who would be one of the style That's experts. Right. Like, all these people yeah. who, like, have these iconic personal styles. Yes. Who could judge black style yeah. from a diasporic lens? Ooh, that sounds so good. I, I would, know, right? I would tune in. I would tune Ooh, in. I just don't have a name for it, but I just want this competition to happen. That would be so good. Yes. 
It should be called like Black It Up or something. <laughs> Black in Style or something. Yeah, yeah. Black in Style. Yeah. yeah. I like that. That's good. <laughs> okay, Nikita. How do we get this started? Yeah. Who, who do we see? Who, do, who we got to talk to to get Black in Style funded? So to get this to somebody's network. Yeah. And I could be the host, you know? Yes. And, and you already have the wardrobe for it. I, no, I didn't want to say that. You have the wardrobe for it. I have the wardrobe and the hair, I yeah, think. Yeah, touche. You know, I got those touché. things down. Uh, um, I would have to step up the makeup. I lack in that <laughs> department. Woo! Um, I kind of have two ideas. One would not... I feel like one on principle I would be a little shaky with in terms of reality TV, but um, I think it would just be such a trash, tragic mess to see something about organizers on TV <laughs> because like I don't know like real world but real world organizers, but organizers <laughs> yeah those confessionals those confessionals would be so funny it's like and she keeps saying she gonna start the Google Doc but she don't never start the Google Doc we still been waiting on this email to get out to the listserv. You think they sent it? No. No. We no. Was, we was all supposed to get 200 signatures. This bitch show up with 190. And we said, input the input the signatures. Oh, yeah, I'm going to scan them. Meanwhile, you know, pre-COVID times, I went to her house, did petitions right under that bitch's bed. Ain't scanned nothing. That's 200 critical signatures. We done lost. So niche. Oh my god, it would be so niche. So niche. It's like, oh, oh, accountability. Cause you cause you know, something me and money talk about off air a lot. Um, and I think a lot of people kind of talk about it, is that I think a lot of times we use like social justice language and stuff to yeah. really be masking Mas- how we really deal, feel about yeah. stuff. Right? And so I feel like people would be doing that, you know? Mm-hmm, It'd just be like, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, the bitch won't talk about accountability. But when she left me for so-and-so, she wasn't accountable for that. Wasn't accountable for that. Now, was she? Now, was she? Yeah. She's like, sliding and hiding all up in that other union's face. But when I was, <laughs> you know. It's like, so now that we cohabitate, I'm like, I'm cooking. And, and I, it would be like me saying, you know, I think we really need to address the femphobia in this organizing group. Right, exactly. And it's just like, it's just like somebody asked you to bring a uh, potato salad one time. One time. But if you don't want to bring it no more, then don't. Then don't. And it's like, you know what? I understand that we have to do one on ones, but I'm just saying, why she always do one on ones with the cuties? <laughs> I mean, that just, that just, you know, I just understand why you always going around trying to Mac on the new recruits. Oh my God. People would just be stressed. Instead of real world, it could be called another world is possible. (laughs) Oh my God. That is so good. That is so good. That is so good. And it's like, and then, you know, they would be in the midst of a campaign. And then of course, you know. It, what it, you know what actually like I feel like so much of it would actually end up being boring because it would just um, follow people. The camera would just be on somebody from like midnight to four a.m. mindlessly scrolling in some really ridiculous 
Facebook or Twitter beef. Yeah. That somebody's following. Be like, ooh, girl, I don't know what's going on in Chicago. But you see that beef? It's like. It would just be endless uh, video footage of people scrolling. Scrolling, yeah. <laughs> it's just, just screenshots of people DMs. <laughs> I said, girl. <laughs> or somebody, or it'd be like, or like it'd give context to like the background mm. of like some like online fight. Somebody have to call somebody and be like, bitch, if you don't take that status down yeah, right yeah. now. <laughs> we did not approve that Instagram live. <laughs> we did not approve that Instagram live. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, and then, you know, maybe this season finale would, would be some great victory. Yeah. You know, that they had won or something. But it would it would just, it would be a mess. Ain't no power at the power of the people because the power of the people don't stop. Say what? That would and be I'll tell you what. Finale. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I just thought of another one that I want to see. I have one more too. Go ahead. Okay. It would be called the group chat. And, and the last person left wins. <laughs> so whoever storms out of the group. Oh, I'm about to say. <laughs> me. I, I have been. I have been a part of so many group messages. If there's a group message, it's it's almost a guarantee that somebody is going to storm out of yes, it in a hug. Yeah, it's not a group message unless, unless somebody, somebody storms does out. It. And like um, when you first uh, form it, the first person um, so and so has left the chat. Oh, like, yeah, that's usually me. I'm like, ah, get me out of this shit. I, oh, no, I can't stand an, an overactive group chat. So it would be like that show Boiling Point. Do you remember that show Boiling uh-uh. Point? Where, vaguely, was, vaguely. Um, it was like one of those MTV throwback shows where like you wouldn't know you were on it, but something ridiculous would be happening, and they would like if you made it like five or eight minutes without yeah. cursing somebody oh, out. Oh yeah, yeah, then yeah. You would I remember. Win money. I remember. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what the group chat would yeah. be. So you would yeah. just get put in a group chat. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last person remaining would win the money. So and so has left the group chat. And then it would just be, ah! <laughs> Damn, it's really not a group chat until somebody dramatically leaves it. All or, right, what's your other one? Oh, it's, um, I'm just, I've been really like watching a lot of these woodworking uh, DIY videos. And it's like overwhelmingly pale, stale, and male. Yeah. So it's like a whole bunch of white. Um, old white dudes and it's like I would love to see some kind of competition with like just queers yeah just like building mm-hmm. shit just mm-hmm. doing shit mm-hmm. um just doing shit with their hands building all kinds of wild that'd shit that'd be so fun I don't know I would yeah. oh my god I'm sorry I'm just thinking how fine everybody oh yeah be. that's what I, yeah. just sawdust blowing everywhere wow, well, well I guess you know people would people would be wearing personal protective equipment because that is important oh like that show Blown Away the yes, glass exactly. one so that's what I was that's what I that, yeah. that's what made me think about so it so it would be like that but with woodworking yeah. and everybody's queer everybody's queer I mean on all these design competition shows pretty much everybody's queer exactly. anyway but it would just be a specifically one that's like yes. woodworking and it would be mm-hmm. like oh my god somebody traded out the my saw blade on my table saw who did that oh my gosh sorry um, just so y'all know, I moved without the help of Nikita in a sawzall. Man, she I did just, not have a sawzall. Man, I just, I, I don't, I've just been on it, a really intense saw buying kick. And you just can't go wrong with the reciprocating saw. And I'm sure there's only like three people listening who are like, that's right, that's right. <laughs> but I'm just saying, money had these, uh, some furniture that was just uh, a pain in the ass. Yeah. To uh, remove I mean, a sawzall would have just chopped the shit right enough, and we could have hauled that stuff out of there real quick. We did it anyway, so <laughs> without the saw, much to much to my chagrin. 
So if y'all have shows yeah. that y'all would want to see, please use the hashtag QueerWOC and let us know. Or if you agree that one of our shows yeah. needs to be a Me. real show. Yeah. Uh, Another World amazing. is Possible and Black It Up are really my votes. <laughs> who do we get Who do we get on that? Does Ava DuVernay do that kind of thing? No. DuVernay? It's, it's black in, in fashion. Like back in fashion, but black in fashion. Black in fashion. There we go. I don't know. Who yes. do I write? I don't know. Maybe we could get like a... Um, Shonda! A, a, <laughs> I know that's not your genre, but help us. Maybe we could get like one of the Netflix diversity deals. Yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> Who do I write? I'm serious. This is some good shit. This is good shit. All right, y'all. And last but not least, this is actually my favorite segment of Queer Walk. Which is? The Curved Chronicles. Curved, 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 curved. And Curved Chronicles is a segment where we talk about our dating woes and wins, your dating woes and wins, or answer some dating, love, relationship um, question. Question yeah. that y'all write us um so i i don't <laughs> this i guess this would fall under curve chronicles okay i think this was a moment so um i had i hadn't skated for a while because i yeah. was like moving and sad mm-hmm. so um actually it was more like anxious but uh, you're such a therapist you're so funny no that's actually not the correct diagnosis yeah <laughs> <laughs> i threw on my booty shorts mm-hmm. um and jumped on my eight wheels uh, yesterday. Okay. Um, I was I was looking mighty tasty, if I have to say so myself. That's true. And I think it's an egregious crime. The biggest crime in this city is that I don't get flirted with. The walking around looking the way I do. That's. I anyway. feel like you do. Um, you get flirted with, but. Oh yes, by the saints and the ain'ts. Yeah. I'm just saying nobody's ever told me that I look like thirty two bucks, thirty two dollars. <laughs> that that man had to be <laughs> at least seventy years old. Well, you know, experience. Young yeah, girl, you look like thirty two dollars. That is not <laughs> that's actually, that's just that's just good old fashioned street harassment. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's it. <laughs> Such a specific Maybe amount. That's what he needed at the time. <laughs> anyway, or Burger King, the other Burger King Bay. I'll let you go ahead and tell the skate story first. Oh gosh. So I was skating and I'm still working on stopping. Still haven't mastered it yet, but I have been able to slow down enough to like where I just don't wipe out. So I'm skating, you know, and I'm skating at like this little offshoot of the main road. It's not like a park. I guess it is. It's a a little bit of a parking lot. Yeah. 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 But nobody's out, so it's completely empty, and I'm skating. And then I see, like, this little Jeep pull in. Um, and it was this it was this white girl in a Jeep, right? And so I'm, like, trying to stop because <laughs> I'm working on that. Like I said, I'm trying to work. I'm working on it. And she pulled in, and she, like, didn't park in one of the spots. She stopped, like, in front of me. And she was like, I like your skates. Was her window down? Yes. The window was down. She's yelling at you out the window? Yeah. You can street harassed by white women? And I said, thanks. I told you, some skates do something to white people. Yeah, they, but, yeah, um, they get out of control. Yeah, I was like, thanks. And then she just, like, smiled and, like, sat there smiling at me. And so I finally stopped because the fence was there. And <laughs> then I, 
<laughs> then wow. I turned around to like skate back the other way. And she was still just sitting there smiling at me. And I was like, okay. Was she trying to pick you up? a little awkward. I don't know. And then she goes, okay, bye. And I said, bye. Bye, girl. And then, <laughs> and then she just pulled out and drove off. That is so weird. That's not weird. That's, them white girls be on you like, I don't know what. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know, but they just love them some you. Like that. Didn't you say you went to uh, Burger King the other day and you pulled oh up? Gosh. And that white woman was like, you're sexy. Yes. <laughs> yes. I had on a mask. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> is it, is it my eyes? <laughs> maybe, maybe you do have like some seductive eyes. Yeah, I died when you told me that. I was like, what? I was like, did I just get called sexy at the birthday? She, she, she shouldn't be doing that through the the damn drive through window. Why not? Why not? I get, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess why not? Not like she getting paid enough to like have all of her uh, needs and wants met. <laughs> well, the least she could do is uh, okay. Is how you doing at the uh, at the kids in the drive through? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It was interesting. I I felt affirmed in my booty shorts. Yeah, but yeah, bizarre. Yeah, these are these are Syracuse interactions that I will not miss. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> that seems like a yeah. Do you think you the girl in the car who pulled in? Do you think she was like flirting? Yeah, because when I first told you about it, you said, "Do you think she was trying to like?" Uh, solicit. <laughs> I thought I thought so. It was just so weird. Like, why, really, why would yeah. she just like hang out there? Yeah. Did she want you to get in the car? That's what it felt like. Cause I'm like, thank you. What you gonna like roll up and then like roll up to her window like I work at Sonic? Yeah. So, like, can I take your order? Right, cherry limeade. <laughs> It's so weird. Yeah, I don't know what that was about, but yeah. and she just like hung out there. That's the weird. Yeah, part. she like she she was not not parked. She pulled up to say something to me. Yeah, so then she wasn't yeah. in the parking spot. And like the area yeah. is not like it's like this small little yeah parking lot next to like this huge soccer huge field. huge soccer. So it's not like she was like pulling in to go somewhere else. Like no. you're only pulling in there to harass you in your booty shorts. Yeah. In your skate, and she just sat there smiling, it's and just and so, so then weird. literally when I was able to stop and started skating back the other way, uh-huh. she was like, "Okay, bye." <laughs> I just I just don't know what she what she was trying to do. I don't know what she thought was gonna happen. Yeah, I was gonna be like, "Thank you, white woman. Let me into your vehicle and take me." <laughs> it just wasn't gonna happen. Take me, Biff. <laughs> Not today, Kelsey. <laughs> Kelsey, you know she had Kelsey. A, you know how they have the monogram sticker on the back of the uh-huh. car. I'm like, okay, yeah, that was a Kelsey. I see you, Kyle. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Try doubt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's that's the biggest happenings in my um quarantine chronicles. What about you? Yeah, you know, I don't really have. I just got some... I don't really have anything going on, really. Yeah. It's been quiet. Yeah. Quarantined and quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if any, if any of y'all are feeling rusty on the, like, sex initiation front... Oh. Sex, sex, too. But I'm just talking about, like, initiating, like, flirty conversation. Um... 
maybe we could get a Curve Chronicle movement going here. You know, we can organize the Curvies. Um, <laughs> to do what? <laughs> to try to get better ways to approach people. Oh, okay. Who's going who's gonna to lead that Zoom call? <laughs> nobody, because don't nobody would take no fucking initiative. <laughs> Everybody was like, you would just be waiting in the waiting room waiting the whole the, Zoom yeah. <laughs> the host will let you in. Never. And, who's the host? Nobody knows. <laughs> oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> or everybody just sending heart emojis in the fucking chat. That would be it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Get it together, Curvies. Everybody giving the thumbs up uh, reaction. Right. The clap the- reaction. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I asked the actual question. Can you at least turn your camera on? Right. Yeah, everybody got that the little the, the red flash because everybody got the fucking video on. Get it together. Um. Yeah. All right, y'all. So I guess this is episode ninety. Ninety. Nine oh. Nine oh. Ninety. Um, this has been money, the melancholic mover, and this has been Nikita the small. And you just listened to Queer Walk the Podcast. If you would like to support Queer Walk the Podcast on like the um the back end, I don't know how like if you would like to help us with social media, which we suck at. Oh yeah. Please hit us up at queerwalkpod at gmail.com or just DM us on any of the things. Yeah, we're looking for an intern and because yeah. we've got, you know, good labor politics, we would, it be, would be paid. Absolutely, we would absolutely pay you a living wage. Yes. Yeah. So, if you would like to help us with the social media presence of the podcast, hit us up. Please. Um, other than that, we'll catch y'all next episode. Bye, y'all. Bye. Ciao. Au revoir. Is that how you say it in French? Mm-hmm. Au revoir. Au revoir. Au revoir. <laughs> Cut this shit off, money. <laughs>